What is up? Yeah, what you doing? How for you me? doing? What the hell? Wentz is done. Mm. What do we do? Uh. The mush is back. Uh. He's left co. Hey, everybody, and Did welcome you? to another edition of the Sims and Left Go podcast. It's a recap of week 14. Trevor Nicholson and I agree, boys, it has been way too long. I honestly think we need to do a seven-day-a-week show. You're not going to do it, but I might. <laughs> uh, it was an insanely long night and a long day, and I have gone through all of the seven steps, excuse me, the five stages of grief, and right. we're going to outline that a little bit. Uh, a lot of people have been talking to me all day. Uh, what are they saying? I, my desk at work, do you know what it means to sit Shiva? When someone dies in the yes, Jewish religion, I know. You, you just, right. for 30 days, if someone wants to come by, they talk to you. Are That's you gonna, what my desk can has Can you been. shave? I probably, no, no, I can't. That's my excuse now. <laughs> but people just walk up to my desk and they go, I'm so sorry for your loss. Right. I'm so sorry for your loss. How are you? Are you okay? I'm so sorry. <laughs> And literally, uh, Christina came over to my desk to bring up something completely different. And she said, hey. And I said, I'm doing okay. He's going to be okay in the long term. She goes, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I go, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I'm only getting Carson Wentz stuff right now. Uh, we're going to get to a lot of stuff. We're going to get to Antonio Brown's unbelievable performance. We're going to go to Chris Sims's new updated top five that takes into account the Philadelphia Eagles. We are going to not just set the bar. We are going to be the, the bar. bar. That's coming up. And we're going to do a nice look at the playoff pictures in the NFC and AFC and see if you begin talking to your friends at work. We're going to give you like the cheat sheet to who we think is, is like on the fast track right now. Uh, before I cry my eyes out and we go deep into Carson Wentz because we're going deep, I'd like to do some farewells because this makes me really happy. Okay. And would you mind? No, no. Okay, at all. good. Nick, would you hit that sad uh. music? I'd like to say farewell after week 14 to the most disappointing team of 2017. The Denver Broncos are officially eliminated from the playoffs and your quarterback quandary and your decimated defense made no sense all year long and I bid you adieu. Bon voyage, Denver. Oh, wow. Goodbye to the meaningful Bronco sound. That was, yes, it was a goodbye to that. Can you make a sad... The horse he was running away into the sunset there. I'd like to say farewell to Kirk Cousins just focusing on football. Because now that the Washington Redskins are eliminated from the playoffs, all we're going to talk about, Kirk, is your contract. Make I'd some like, money, Kirk. <laughs> good luck. Make some money. <laughs> I'd like to say farewell to those W's. They're not going to be eaten anytime soon. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Jameis Winston eliminated from playoff contention. That's another train wreck that came to a close. Yo ho, yo ho, the pirates life for me. I'd like to say farewell to the yearly snow game that makes an absolutely boring game wildly entertaining. I, I just want to say this really quick. That Vinatieri kick was incredible. It was. End of regulation, one minute left. Vinatieri kicks a ball that was so far hooking right. It's like 10 feet outside the right bar. The Bills were celebrating. Right. But the only guy on the Colts that was celebrating? Vinatieri. Adam Vinatieri. <laughs> he knew it when it was 10 feet right. Sims he pointed. It. He goes, look, Vinatieri knew it was going to fucking hook. And it hooked back in. <laughs> he, he, did miss a, he did make, miss a kick later. <laughs> but did. that was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. LaShawn McCoy in snow games. Man. He should play don't in mess Antarctica. With him. I'd like to say farewell to the Sam Hinkie of the NFL, Hi, Sashi Sam. Brown. See you, Sashi. 
Sashi was let go by the Browns and replaced by John Dorsey, formerly of the Kansas City Chiefs. Back to baseball, Sashi. I actually think that Sashi, the reason he got fired, he, he had no chance to survive yeah. after Carson Wentz. Yeah. I'm calling this the disease of doubt. If you pass on Carson Wentz and you tell people that he's not in the top 20 players in the draft right. and you're a scout evaluator, he could have been right on every player for the next 10 years and people would go, I don't know if I trust this guy. He called Carson Wentz not a top 20 guy. I mean, that's How can you trust him ever again? When, 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 I, when the, he got fired, that's the first thing I thought of. I said, ooh, so he's the guy that's making the decisions. That the was the guy. They Plus have, Deshaun Watson The this Browns year and, have a yeah. stacked roster yeah. and two top five picks right now. He set them up for yeah. the future. Yeah. But once you miss that Bailey on a guy, no we doubt. can never trust you again. Nope. Ryan Vergara saying farewell, Quentin Jefferson. Oh, we're going to get to the Seahawks in just a second, but for right now, I need some music. Back farewell, to the, the peaceful image I have of Tom Savage in my head. I'll never be able to look at you the same after I watch you seizure on the field and all of your arms clamp up. I tried to tell all you guys this, why the game was going on, and no one wanted to listen to me yesterday until was, it became on like social media. Then everyone was like, oh, Chris, you were right. <laughs> I was I was yelling about my fantasy team, and Sims was going, Tom Savage is having a seizure. And then I couldn't believe he was back in the game, and, and then, then you guys saw it on Instagram and believed me. I mean, it was, Chris, there are seven games on while we watch. Yeah. All right. Uh, trust me, I know. Watching with you, I know. Oh, catch, run, penalty, touchdown, pun. Oh, my God. Oh, fantasy guy, you suck. Uh, not great to have the Tom Savage back in a week after the brutal hits in the in the Steelers-Bengals It's game. like like befuddling to me. I mean, it's almost as bad as, like, can you be that player that stands over a guy after a big hit? Like, we saw one of the two of those yesterday. Like, you didn't think they were going to call that after Monday Night Football with Juju Smith-Schuster? Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, you didn't... I, I don't even understand. How did he get back in the game? Mm. I don't and I have, a, I have one more farewell. Strike up the music. Here at the ninth hole, the azaleas are beautiful today. Farewell. Farewell. Carson Wentz. Uh. Oh, our pets' heads are falling off. My dad just commented on Facebook. Oh, uh, Bruce. Nick Foles had his shoes sent to the Hall of Fame. It's not over yet. <laughs> oh, the Hall of Fame fucks up sometimes too, Bruce. Sorry. No, from his seven <laughs> touchdown performance. I know. I am going to go. Uh, I'm going to give a State of the Union of for Philadelphia Eagles fans to let them know where they should be. But if you wouldn't mind, can you take us sort of on a Sims dump of how you feel about Carson Wentz? And if you could throw in your little Phil Sims 1991 soliloquy, I'd enjoy it sure, very much. Sure. Uh, all right. So. Yes, I mean, first of all, it's a devastating blow for Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles. And you're sad, too. What? I mean, I I look at myself as the guy that pubbed Carson Wentz first in the draft coming out a few years ago. I was the guy that was on the table going, this is the number one pick. That video that we have, I'm going to have to post it soon. But I mean, is that not true? Yeah, you were the guy. All right, so I've always loved Carson Wentz. And... Uh, I'm devastated as a fan this whole year. I mean, it's a disaster. Odell Beckham Jr., Aaron Rodgers, J.J. Watt, David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott suspension. This now, on top of it, as a fan, I feel cheated. This is one of the best players in the game. This is arguably the best quarterback in the game. I feel like everybody was finally 
buying in yesterday. Halftime of the game. I think Fox, it's John Elway I'm watching out here. That? I think it was Howie. Fox comes on, and they're like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Carson Wentz is amazing, and you start freaking out, and you're going, this is what it takes. This is what it, it takes. It takes week 14 and, and shellacking the Rams for you to finally realize that Carson Wentz is not just a good quarterback, right. but he's top five special. Right. And, yeah, so that hurts me because I feel like, okay, finally, I like to think of us as the guy that, uh, guys that steer the, the public conversation away from the stupid media bullcrap. And we've been saying this for 10 weeks now. Yes. And now I finally felt like the media had turned and started going, you know, this Carson Wentz guy is pretty amazing. And then he gets hurt. So devastating. Do I think the Eagles can win the Super Bowl still without Carson Wentz? I'm going to have to see him play a few games with Nick Foles. I mean, I will honestly. Say, I will say it's pretty good that Foles has gotten into games it this is. year because they've been up so much. It is. He's been in this offense, of course, with Andy Reid before, so that's a positive. Uh, he does understand the game because of his experience and did have that one amazing year. But at the end of the day, the formula is going to have to change for the Eagles. And this is where you know my own personal life came in. 1990, the New York Giants, my father, 12-2, and starting quarterback, number one rated quarterback in football. And he breaks his foot against Buffalo Bills and Bruce Smith. And he is unable to play. And he's out for the year. And the Giants readjusted their game plan. And the reason I think it's comparable in this instance, first of all, Carson Wentz reminds me of my father. Second of all, the Eagles are built somewhat like the 1990 Giants. Defense, some good running backs behind it can wear you out that way. And I think that's what they might have to focus on here more going down the stretch to going, okay, we might not be able to make the game so wide open because we don't have this gifted, talented, physical quarterback like Carson Wentz. But if we can run the ball, control the clock, Foles can manage the game, make a few throws here and there, then I'm not going to count them out. i got to see it a little bit first before I believe it. Yeah. But the Giants went on. They barely won Week 15 in that year. Just to give you a little recap, they yeah. beat the Cardinals. They beat a horrible Patriots team. They got the first round by. They were the second seed in the playoffs. They absolutely annihilated the Bears at home in the divisional playoff game and then went to San Francisco and upset Joe Montana and the 49ers in the game where you see Joe Montana get hit from behind, and they went on to upset the Bills. So I'm not saying i got to see it to believe it a little, but you guys are a team that's built to change your formula in which you play and still be very competitive and good. They have lost their starting kicker, their starting left tackle, their starting middle linebacker. They've lost their best special teams player, Mm -hmm. and now their quarterback. I have gone through all five stages of grief. Um, First one, denial. When it first happened, that hit, I went, ooh, and Sims went, he may have torn his ACL. And I was going, there's no way you could tear your ACL on a dive play. (laughs) His His foot didn't get planned and all that stuff. Then it went to anger. You know, we have Aaron Andrews go out there and say there's people shaking their heads, and I'm going, oh, screw you. Like, who cares? I was, I'm, I'm angry. I was angry for a very long time. Next one was bargaining. Okay, well, maybe we're going to get him back in four weeks. Maybe it'll be a PCL or an MCL. We'll get him right. back. Yeah, that's what I then was Then it hoping. went into depression. Yeah. And that was all night. I was... Hey, I'm, I was depressed. I really was. And then the last one is acceptance. I can't, first thing I told my wife when I got home. I mean, my wife could give two shits. She doesn't even know who Carson Wentz is. I yeah. mean, she's clueless. She does not know the Eagles are the number one team in football right. or number two. So now that I am accepting of this, mm-hmm. I've gone through all five stages. 
Uh, Ryan Holiday, friend of the podcast, right. a writer of many books, and it's a lot about Stoic philosophy. And I open the page up today, yep. and it's on the tranquility of the mind. Ooh. And this is from Seneca, who's a longtime leader in thought. He wrote, as Cicero says, we hate gladiators if they are quick to save their lives by any means. We favor them if they show contempt for their lives. I appreciate Carson Wentz so much that he stayed in that game with a torn ACL and threw a touchdown pass, his fourth one of the day. Fearless in the pocket with a torn ACL. With a torn ACL, the pocket collapsed around him completely. Go watch the touchdown. He stood there as guys were clawing at his face. At his face. I watched earlier in the game Jared Goff, who's not on the same planet as Carson Wentz, get strip-sacked by, by Chris Long. Meanwhile, Carson Wentz earlier in the game had his arm back, was ripped, and then still threw a completed right. pass. I appreciate Carson Wentz. Yes. I also found it very ironic that earlier in the week, Kobe Bryant came out and sa- and gave this whole speech to the Eagles. And the fact that Kobe popped his Achilles and hit those free throws, mm. and Carson tore his ACL, the fact that I think Carson might be on the same Mamba mentality as Kobe says wonders for the rest of his career. I don't need Carson running the 40. The ACL, it's going to be all right. Yeah. The next thing I'd like to He's do... He's got to adjust the way he plays, though. And, he and hopefully this will be the, the moment he does that. And you and your dad have been saying that for weeks. Yeah. And everyone's really yeah. been saying it. But yeah. Next thing I'd like to do, now that I, I feel like I, I appreciate Carson Wentz, mm-hmm. is I want to apologize. Yeah. Can we do that? Do we because have the video? Because I, I recall a Thursday comment. So I, I want everyone to understand that... <laughs> It's actually unbelievable. I, I have taken my powers very seriously. <laughs> you should now. I'm bought and, in. <laughs> and now I'm realizing that they're more powerful than I even realized. This is what happened on Thursday's Big Show. I have been saying for since the Kansas City game in week two mm-hmm. that I would pledge my allegiance as the mush and I would bet against the Philadelphia Eagles. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! Now, last week... I bet against them, and it came true. And the whole time I've been against them, and it's not becoming true. So you're going to reverse it? It's not about me anymore. Oh, They're on their own. Ego is the enemy. The Eagles lost, right. and I went 12-4. and four. Right. The mush curse is broken. It is broken. And because of that, yep. the Eagles are getting two points, and I'm putting $300 on the Philadelphia Eagles. Good. Not only was the Eagles game the only game I got right. I took a bath in Lefko Locks, one and three. Right. And the mush curse is not done. In fact, the mush curse is back so much stronger. stronger than ever. That's the thing with demons, is they lie in the shadows. Yes. And that curse was waiting for me to do that. And I want to formally apologize to all of the fans of the Philadelphia Eagles. I did not realize how powerful my mush powers were. Like, I genuinely thought that it was kind of a joke the entire time, and it was nice because <laughs> it took all the pressure off betting on the Eagles. But, guys, I'm, I'm the mush, and I'll forever be the mush, and I just want to apologize. So, it's real. Next thing I'd like to do, don't shake your head at me. Did you no, know that I was no that No wonder my life is crumbling and falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I will say this. I have always said I have a sliding scale of expectations. Yes. Before week one, I didn't expect the Eagles to do anything. 
two weeks ago, I expected them to, to possibly win a Super Bowl. I am sliding my expectations again, and here is where they have ended on. Okay. I believe that a successful season for the Eagles right now is getting to the Super Bowl. I have no expectation of them winning the Super Bowl. Nick Foles against Bill Belichick, it's not going to end well. We might never hear of Nick Foles again. He'll evaporate. That's how bad I feel like he would get destroyed. But here we have the Giants next with Eli. Yep. We might have the better quarterback in that matchup with Nick Foles. It's, it's close. It's close. It is. Game after that is the Raiders, who just look like the biggest trash can ever. Yeah. You win those two games, you practically have home field advantage. You're definitely going to have a first-round bye. Which means you have first-round bye and home field advantage. Right. In my mind, if the Eagles go out there and they beat some combination of Panthers-Falcons or Rams-Saints, two of those teams... That, to me, is a wildly successful season for not having Carson Wentz. Let's go. Don't put anything out. First of all, home field advantage is more important now than ever. Okay? It's more important now than ever. You get people to come up if the Carolina Panthers. I would love that matchup. The Rams got to come to town. And Jared it's, Goff and on the it's road 12 sucks. degrees. Yeah. Okay. What else? You guys can win two games at home. What about the Saints? What about the Saints? Them too. You think so? Yes. Oh, God. What about the Vikings? It might be ugly. What about the Vikings? Yeah, I'm going to... They have to come to your house in January. Talk about it. And it's 15 degrees. Yeah. You'll get to the Super Bowl and lose to Tom Brady. Holy shit. That's all I want. (laughs) That's all I want. I just want to get there. It really stinks. It just ruins the quality of everything. There was one thing that happened (laughs) that made me feel really confident, and that was... The fact that the game ended with the Eagles defense stopping them twice and then scoring a touchdown and celebrating an NFC East championship. Remember, these guys are not sitting there thinking Wentz is everything to us. They're sitting there going, we're a top three defense in the NFL, and we just scored to beat the Rams, and we hung up 43 on their ass. They're thinking they still got it. They have survived the kicker, the left tackle, the middle linebacker, the safety. They believe that they are the team of destiny. Life they still on. believe it. Right. Chris Long came out today and said, I still believe. I still believe. There is hope in this team. I still think they can go. My last question is for you is this. What percent of my emotions should I invest in this team? I'm, I can't be 100. No. I was 100. Just keep it like 50. Oh, fuck. I was like, that's not. I thought you'd be like 80%. Nah, 50. 50. Yeah. I think right, it's I an honest, to... like, it's 50% Eagles, 50% the field. Okay. okay. So, I... right. Oh, that's actually great. That's that means everyone gotta... else is combined 50. Right. Next week, next Monday, yeah. we are going to do an updated emotion check. What right. percentage should I be invested now? Okay. And once I'm at zero, I am devoid of care. Listen, I just, it sucks to me because I want to see the best teams and best players in the playoffs, and it's going to mess up my Saturday and Sunday playoff watching. Oh. And it's, of course, taking off one of the greatest things the one of the greatest things we had to look for in the future as fans, which was maybe a Wentz Brady Patriots Eagles Super Bowl, and now that's not nearly as exciting. Yeah, because the real question is who can really go out there and beat the Patriots? Yeah, because I'm not really seeing it. Not only was I the mush, but I was something that I just explained in Cicero. We hate gladiators if they are quick to save their lives by any means. And my actions with the Lefko locks this week, I'm going to say, was my final death as a coward. Here's what I did. 
the Jaguars' corners are so much better than the Eagles' corners yeah. that those 50-50 pass interference balls are not happening. Mm-hmm. Like, Jalen Ramsey might intercept them. I'm going to go Jacksonville right now, and I am going to pick uh, $10. Coconuts, what did you think about my uh, Jag Seahawks pick? He loved it. Oh, good. He okay. said it's the lock of the year. He said that they can't even get anyone to bet on Jacksonville in Vegas right now, and they keep trying to mess with the Lions. That makes me feel good. God damn it. I'm going to switch. No, you can't do it. Sorry. You can't tell me what to do. It's Lefko locks. They're my locks. I can do what I want with them. So I switched, (laughs) and I went one and three. Back-to-back weeks, I took one of your big bets, Yep, and I got... Absolutely destroyed. I don't know why. I don't. I mean, I sent my picks, and and I've shown Canvasser the evidence. Right. I bolded four games. Yeah. When I sent him my original picks, Minnesota, which I lost, which I kind of think they got a little bit screwed. We're going to talk about that in a yep. second. Um, Philadelphia, Dallas, and Baltimore. Yeah. I would have gone three and one, but instead I chickened out. I went one and three, and from now on, I promise this is the new non-mush salute. I will never take Sims's pick again if I myself do not agree with it. I have learned my lesson. Stupid little left go. Son of a bitch. Uh, all right, so Blake Pace tweeted, Sim said last Wednesday the one way to beat the Jaguars defense was to pound the ball on the ground. Why did he feel confident the Seahawks would win when they have one of the worst running games in the NFL? I, I really just went on Russell Wilson and the fact that the Eagles and the Falcons could not contain Russell Wilson I thought that their defense would be able to keep Jacksonville from scoring a lot of points, and Wilson would just be able to make enough plays to get them over the edge. Uh, Jacksonville's defense looked phenomenal. Russell Wilson had two big throws, one to, was it Lockett, and one to Richardson, Richardson, uh, to make it somewhat close. But the, the Jaguars had the game the entire time. They did. Special teams. Blake Bortles made some big passes to D.D. Westbrook, who looks, like you said, fantastic. Yeah. And that defense is great. Yeah. And the Jaguars are all of us. We, you've been calling them the team that could beat the Patriots, really, for the I last I think they're the toughest weeks. matchup for the Patriots. Maybe the Chargers are in that conversation now. The AFC suddenly got very interesting. Well, yeah, I, I don't think the Steelers match up good with the Patriots. So I don't view them as, like, I think that's the one team in all of football. Because Jacksonville and L.A., the Chargers, have a good secondary and a good pass rush. Right. Where the Steelers really don't have that great of a pass rush. Not a great pass rush. And their secondary is not that great. It's right. Exactly right. And the Patriots would, I mean, if the Ravens are putting up 38, what are the Patriots going to do? Exactly right. So it's to me, it's almost like the Steelers, if they want to beat the Patriots this week, it might have to be a shootout type game. And their offense is clicking right now to the point where you go, they might be able to beat the Patriots in a 38-35 game the yeah. way they're throwing the ball around the, the lot. You, it was so funny. So a lot of you guys were tweeting at the podcast, oh, wow, Sims must be going nuts right now. He must be so pissed that he's going to lose his $1,000 Seattle Seahawks bet. I will swear on my, my life. Yes. Sims was sitting there going, I'm not going to lie. This is actually what I wanted to happen. This is fucking great. Yeah. I want Seattle to get a dose of their own medicine. Right. And what happens is when Seattle gets a dose of their own medicine, yeah. they try and hurt you. Yeah. Michael Bennett dove at some legs. Dirty. A fight broke out. Right. Are we? Are you willing to say Michael Bennett's dirty now? I'm not willing to say that. Okay. No, I don't think he's done things in the past to be dirty. Now, is he emotional? Does he play to the line? Certainly. Even that, I don't look as dirty 
I don't look what he did yesterday as a dirty play. I look at it as amateurish. I look at it as Harry High School bullshit. When you say Harry High School, do you is there a high school called Harry? No. Okay. It's just like just like stupid like, oh, we're not gonna give up until the final gun goes out and we're we might break some ACLs on a quarterback kneel play. Like yeah. that's what I looked at that as. Like that was like great Shiano a few years ago. Remember with the Tampa Bay Bucks? Yeah. Yeah, they did that to the Giants and Tom Coffin came out and was like, What the hell was that about? You know, again, the game was over. They had their chance to win it. They're kneeling it down. Don't injure a player now to try to knock the ball out of the center's hand as he's snapping it to the quarterback. Just not a good look for them. Yeah, and we've seen this in their past. When they get bullied, they don't like it, and yeah. they throw temper tantrums at the end of the game. So one week after we had Steelers-Bengals, which had a lot of injuries and a lot of big hits, yep. we almost had a player go malice in the palace yeah. and go into the stands, Quinton Jefferson, which was just incredible video to watch. I was freaking out while it was happening. I just kept yelling, malice in the palace, malice in the palace. You did, yes. But it was funny. I showed the clip to Enum later in the night, and you know when the drink flies by his head? She flinched. Like, she flinched. And I was like, imagine if you were him. Like, oh, th- this, I just would have. Wish- goes, this goes back to what we've said before, which is everyone in the world can do whatever they want except for the players. No and everyone's doubt. like, you know, players, the one thing you can't do, you can't go into the stands. And then they go, they're going to find that guy on the video and he just can't be allowed to go to the game again. No. Like, what? Like, I, the players can't go in. Yeah, we get it. But. It's because he's big. What the fuck are you doing starting a fight with a player? Why are you throwing a drink at a player's head? And as you said, you wish he could get... How how long do you think is needed for a player? I said 20 seconds. Right. Give the player 20 seconds with the fan in a ring. Oh. You get 20 seconds. you got to catch him, and you can do whatever you want, but you oh. only get 20 seconds. Yeah, fine. He could do it. Put him in a ring. Because they don't realize how quick these motherfuckers are. Yeah, exactly right. You don't realize how quick the defensive tackles are. They're some of the quickest guys on the field. You will not get away from them. And then when they get a hold of you, they're not fun to play with. I mean, (laughs) they're the type of people where you go up and run around like defensive line. You think, oh, I'm going to punch him on the arm or bang into him. And you're like the one that falls down. How many Jags fans would it take to beat up They'd have to get that whole fucking section on top of him. Yeah. Because he was heated. Holy shit. He started climbing. I would have. I would have loved to have seen it. I really would have. That of was, course, it was amazing yes. television. I it, would have hated to have been there, but to watch it from my safety. That's on my own the couch. problem with our day and age, this day and age, though. It's worse now than ever. We got so many social media tough guys, cell phone tough guys, yes. driving Twitter tough guys. Twitter tough guys. Yeah, it just drives me crazy. Are you, yeah, you suck. I'm 50 feet away and being surrounded by security, and there's a 20 yard, 20 foot wall. But you suck. Oh yeah, okay, you're cool. You're tough, man. But it's tough being a professional athlete, and that's why you're getting paid money the way you are, is you have to sometimes deal with those things. Now, it's a little different when objects are being thrown at your head. Yo. I feel like that's a little... And there was a... There was a they, I saw trash thrown at Tyler Lockett after his touchdown. I didn't realize that Jag and Off fans, Jaguars fans, are that intense. Have you been down there? Have you witnessed that? I, I mean, it's... Yeah. It's Georgia. It is. It's, it's what I call it, South Georgia. Uh, yeah, it, it can... There's some trash down there, plain and simple. I don't know the way to put it. I mean, they have good fans. Tell I didn't your notice draft anything. story. Tell, tell my draft story? Yeah, you didn't want to go to the Jaguars. Yeah, I did not want to go to Jacksonville. Sorry. And not because of the team. No, I just did not want to live there. Sorry. Yeah, just that's plain and simple. I didn't want to go to Buffalo either. So if you want to just be fair, it was both of those places. I didn't want to go. Uh, Pete Delagrazi saying, Sims, loosen up one button. Nah. 
That's like throwing a drink at him. You get in here and fight. I wish there was a way that we could civilly duel. Right. You know, like Quentin Jefferson and a fan, they go on the field and they just run at each other from 10 yards out and then it's done. I mean, what what would happen is they would get on the field and they would run at each other and they'd go, oh my gosh, you're so big. And then like run around like necessary. Run, run, blow the whistle, blow the whistle. He'd get on the field and go, hey man, I was just kidding. I hey, really, hey, you're hey, really good. Hey, you're I really appreciate good. everything you do. You're, you're a good player. Uh, so the Jaguars won. Yeah. But they are not in Sims' top five. Not yet. Who is? Not the Eagles anymore Sorry. either. Sims' updated top five. Let's take a look. Number one, the New England Patriots. And you've had them there all year, but you're not going to get credit for that. But you should. Thank the you. only analyst that had the Patriots there pretty much the whole year. The Vikings move up to two. The Steelers move up to three. The Rams are at four. The Saints are at five. The Eagles are at six. The Panthers are at seven. The Jags are at eight. The Falcons are at nine. And the Chargers are at ten. And that's when I feel like the NFL drops off. I agree. I feel like right after the Chargers at ten, no one else has a chance to win the yeah, Super Bowl. It's Titans. It's Lions. Seahawks. I don't think any of them have a chance. I, I agree. I don't All right, think good. So you agree with that, yeah. too. Uh, first thing is, so you have the Eagles at six. Yeah. I just want to finish them up. I know a lot of you are tired of me talking about the Eagles, but they were the number one team for a long time in many people's minds. You still have them above the Panthers. That's really the only team. The Jaguars, Falcons, and Chargers. Why six? Why did you settle on six? I, just, I felt like uh, six, you know, the teams that are ahead of them there, I think just without Wentz, and I have to see what you guys do and the style of play and what you're going to play with here in the future. I, I just feel more confident in them winning a one-on-one matchup. Brad Carroll asked the question that I had. So, Brad, great question. Vikings move up but get blown out? You guys watch football or nah? My only question, they obviously didn't get blown out. And if you watch that game, especially the first half, the fact that the Carolina Panthers like finished with 330 yards bef- like and that was only after that 70 yard run by Cam Newton like they didn't do anything all game and the referees were helping out Carolina all game really. the game was 24 all with 2 minutes left what's he talking about blown out but the real question is the Vikings are the only team that lost right. that didn't drop a spot on yeah. your list yes. the Saints lost right. the uh the Rams lost yeah. but the Vikings lost and they you actually went up a spot even before Philadelphia dropped. Well, I, so when I did the things last night, I left Philadelphia at two. I said, okay, I'm going to wait to hear about You the- still move the Vikings up to three, though. I did, yes, because I still think they're the. I think now, with all said and done, they're still the second best. I'm not going to let one game uh, just totally deter me from the previous 13 weeks, okay? The Vikings have been phenomenal. They've just played four to five games on the road against some of the best teams in football, and they won them all except yesterday where they didn't play their best, were the better team on the field. I just watched the film of the game. They were the better team. They just had some things go Adam against Thielen them. Adam catches some touchdowns. Thielen drops two out of three touchdowns. Kyle Rudolph drops a 30-yard oh seam route going down the middle. Um, With some no of the one near him. Just, you know, incidental face smacks where, you know, hey, they got to call him. I understand that. Uh, but they weren't, like, making the tackle, saving face max type plays. It was literally, like, where Cam was going down and a guy's hand oh, just happened yeah. to be there. And they so touched him. So many egregious penalties. So many little plays like that. I mean, you know, there they are in scoring range. And Keenum throws the ball just slightly high. It goes off a digs both of his hands into the air, intercepted. Uh, so I just looked at it like that, coming away from that game and watching the film. The Vikings are still the better team, in my opinion. And, in fact... Here's the what is there's the last line I wrote on the bottom. What's that say on there? 
Vikings win eight out of ten. Yeah, the Vikings are the better team. They were all day long. Uh, Question though. Yes. Now that he's lost, right? Is it time to play Teddy Bridgewater? No, not yet. Come on. I mean, Why are you taking that seriously? He made well because I've heard it though. <laughs> I mean, but he's he made some. Uh, Keenum made some very good plays yesterday. Was it his best game? Certainly not. Uh, but as a whole, one interception was his fault. The offensive line, Riley Reef getting hurt during the game. You know they were start. They were already missing uh, their center to start the game, so they weren't at full strength there. Um, and you know. Listen, Cam Newton made some great plays. That last run was fantastic. Was phenomenal. And it was a great little play design in the way they did it too. Um, but all what in all, they do they so they ran the read option and they ran it a little different way where they you read the defense end right. Well, the defense end crashed down and he's supposed to keep the ball. Well, the left tackle went down, let the defense end crash down, and then there was Anthony Barr waiting yeah, for, for Cam. Cam Newton, and the tackle came back and kicked him out. And then Cam Newton cut underneath, and then he made an unbelievable move on Sunday. So tackle with a great play. Yeah, it was. It was, was a great Khalil. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was. It was Khalil on that good play. Good for him. We yes. shit on him all year. Yeah. So I'm yep. glad that he did that. That was a good play. Uh, someone just asked about the Saints game before we get to our setting the bar players. Yeah. Saints Falcons. Did you hear the story about the referee that apparently was a former Falcon? I did hear that. What did you think about that when uh, you heard that? Especially in a game where a lot of people were complaining afterwards about the calls that favored the Falcons. Yeah, they did. I, I mean, I'd have to go back and look. Did this guy actually make all the calls? I mean, you know what I mean? I don't so, know, but he wasn't even listed on the sheet. I, I, I know this. I, I can't speak for everybody. Uh, I, I actually would... I thought about being a ref. I thought, like, oh, that's kind of... Stop. A, I really did. I when was did like, this happen? When, when I got done with my career, I went through a thing where I was like, man, maybe I should like do referee. You Keep are me around kind of the a game, stickler. And I would love to do it, and I feel like Actually, they need more X players at refs, anyways, because I feel like the refs get overwhelmed by the size and the speed sometimes. Who, when did you realize it wasn't a good idea? Uh, when I realized I had to go through all this process to learn all the rules and shit, I was like, "Are you kidding me? I'm not going back to school. <laughs> Fuck that." Uh, but um, I, I just think if you got X players involved, I don't think they're going to care about their X team, gotcha. like, and just be like, "Oh." I'm, I played for this squad. I'm going to call everything for them and screw yeah. the other team. I don't see that. No, I'll have to go back and check a little closer to see who this guy is on the field and see if there's anything there. That would be wild. But I'll let you know. Man. Uh, but the, the Saints, okay. Fucking Kamara. Kamara. This is the worst week ever. Kamara's carried my fantasy team. Carson Wentz died. It's awful. Yes, it is. But Kamara, you lose Kamara. In the first drive. And... and He's, of course, their offense. He is, they design almost everything around him. They didn't have Andrews Pete. Okay. He's their best offensive lineman. So that hurt them. Marcus Lattimore hadn't played in three weeks. You saw him during the game. I mean, after like a quarter and a half, he needed the oxygen tank every time he was on the sideline because he hasn't played. He hasn't been able to run. He was out of shape. Still did a pretty good job on Julio. And it was Thursday night football. So it's just not an easy. And the Falcons are good. So uh, from all those standpoints, yeah. yes, the, the the Saints lost. Did I answer my power rankings answer, though? Did I answer that okay? What, the reason? Yeah. yeah. You think they're better? The reason that I appreciate your power rankings are the NFL is a very reactive sport. Right. Every week something happens, and then everyone changes their opinions, right. and you're very good at going, no, I'm just kind of looking at the waters here. Just because you lose doesn't mean you go down. The right. way you play is what matters yes, more. Right. Uh, Chad Chambers here is saying, though, that Sims, go rewatch that play. If the NFL had tearaway jerseys, Anthony Barr would be walking off the field without a shirt on. He held him like crazy on that run. Okay, hold on. All right, you pull it up. Yeah. Uh, Oh, we have to set the bar, though. Okay, let's do that first. All right, let's set the bar. Yeah. Uh, there are certain players 
There are certain players in the NFL that don't just set the bar or raise the bar. They are the bar. And we have two guys that absolutely became the bar in Week 14 Sims. Who is your bar? My guy is the cornerback for the Jacksonville Jaguars, A.J. Bouye, first of all. This is one of the two best corners in football. In fact, the other best corner in football is his teammate. I'm going to say it's Jalen Ramsey. But Bouye is a guy on a week-to-week basis, is a shutdown corner, and the Jaguars don't win against the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday if it isn't Bouye's ability to cover receivers man-to-man and then, of course, the two interceptions he made. One of them, Wilson scrambling to his right. He makes up ground with the ball's in the air, undercuts a Jimmy Graham to get the interception to start the second half, and then later on, when the Seahawks are trying to mount a drive to get back into the game, Wilson throws a jump ball down the field, Bouye goes up and gets it like a receiver at its highest point, makes the play. Bouye is a guy that doesn't set the bar, he is the bar, he gets overshadowed because Jalen Ramsey's the other corner in that team, but I'm just telling you, as a fan and as a guy that studies football, A.J. is the second best corner in the NFL. And I am here to tell you that Sims has yet again missed the mark on who actually set the bar. It's a guy that he always keeps down because of his height, his weight, his speed. You can't keep him down anymore. Antonio Brown didn't just raise the bar. He was the bar. 11 catches, 213 yards. Oh, yeah, by the way, he has 1,509 yards and is currently 38th on the single season receiving yards list with three games to go. He has reached a point where people are considering him a possible MVP. He is a guy with a team that seems to have parts missing all the time, yet he is the guy that gets it done. He doesn't just raise the bar. Antonio Brown was the bar. I say that, one, because I like to mess with you, because there's a lot of guys I could have picked. But Antonio Brown, we got a lot of tweets last night. I wonder what Sims thinks about Antonio Brown now. (laughs) Right. Antonio Brown's playing amazing, and I'm curious. Mm -hmm. MVP. Yeah. Chris Collinsworth said it on television. Right. Our own Mike Freeman said that Antonio Brown should be up for it. Do you believe he legitimately should be in the conversation for MVP? <sighs> I do think he should be in the conversation. Okay. Yes. I, 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 this is where I struggle. I don't think he's the most important player in their offense. So that's where I, I get a little lost in it. But he's certainly one of the best receivers in football. And Who's I know the most important player on their offense? I think Le'Veon Bell is. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, with the his ability to run the ball between the tackles, and oh, oh, nobody's open downfield. Oh, here's nine receptions for 77 yards and a reception TD. Oh, oh, we're losing 20-3, to three and here's a check down to Le'Veon Bell against the Bengals, and he runs 35 right. yards around the corner for a touchdown. So to me, he is the MVP of that team. In, in so many ways because he is the mismatch nightmare. Antonio Brown's awesome. I know I said Julio's better and Odell's better and people can't get over that. Is there a chance that a wide receiver can win the MVP? What would it take other than injuries to the other MVP candidates, Tom Brady and Russell Wilson? Yeah, I, I, it would take a probably a special statistical year. You know what it would take? Like a Calvin Johnson 1900-type year. He could get there. It could. Against the Patriots. Yeah. He needs to have a number of big catches, maybe a punt return touchdown, something that goes beyond. Yes. Because I'll say this, watching the game. He might have to win some games like that, right? I was equally amazed at Big Ben's ability to throw the deep ball. Every time Antonio Brown caught a deep ball, it was right in his hands, just like this. Yeah. Right in his hands. Big, Big Ben is one of the greatest deep ball throwers ever in the history of football. And that's what we were criticizing early this year because 
Big Ben was missing people open down the field for like the first nine weeks of the season that we were not accustomed to seeing him do. But now he certainly found his rhythm, and their offense has found the rhythm, and they're kicking butt. Man, Antonio Brown, freak. a possibility. He's a freak show, man. Don't, don't, don't. I'm not a total dick, okay? I understand this guy is a freak show, and he's awesome. I'm just saying he's not the best receiver in football, in my opinion. But this year, he might be, yes. We uh, go to the field right now oh, for, field. for Chris Sims, lead official for the call oh, on the field. Chris, what was the call? Hey, you know what? Oh, hold on. He's actually going to show me the footage. You. Right I now. want you to see it. I, I, listen, our man, who's, who made that comment? Chad Campbell. Chad, Chad, you made it. It's, it's valid. There's definitely, as he gets through, right there, he's holding him. Now, he's I def- don't know if it would have mattered. I don't know if Anthony Barr would have gotten no, there. No, because he made zero ground up when he's not running with the football and he's trying to chase him. So, I don't know if he would have got there either. But, Chad, you are right. Good eyes by you. There's certainly, it was close. Good job, Chad. Uh, let me ask you, I want to see some of what you would be like as a lead referee. So let me get a let me get the holding call as the the boos are raining down on Matt Khalil. How would you have delivered that? Holding number seventy five offense. Fuck all of you. Ten yards. Second down. <laughs> that would be amazing if referees. I wish reacted. I could do that. Right. <laughs> holding on the offense. <laughs> There's no reason to boo. Literally none of you were looking at the left tackle. You just got to trust me on this. Yeah. I was looking right. at him. Right. Get NFL Game Pass and watch it later. All right, it would give, be awesome. Give me, give me, a, uh, give, give me a, um, a pass interference. Give me the pass interference call in the national championship between Miami and Ohio State. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, I don't. I still don't think it was pass interference. Well, then how would you have done it? Your lo- your guy my referee you, called it. Your referee called it? calls it, and you have to deliver it. Sorry. <laughs> pass interference number eight, Miami. Our ref was like twenty seconds fucking late with that call. I think he went to Ohio State, but fuck, he called it. Sorry, you lost the national championship. Replay the down. Replay the down. <laughs> Oh, man, that's awesome. Uh, you be a good ref. Thanks. I, I think you have a future in it. Um, I would be a disaster of a ref because as soon as a player talked back to me, I'd talk back to him, and it would just wouldn't work out. I'd get my, I'd be the first ref to get his ass kicked on the field. I'd tell somebody like Clay's Kimmel, like, no, fuck you. You did hold him. And he'd be like, what? Oh, boom. Quit Jefferson. <laughs> right. It all comes uh, yes, full circle. Right. <laughs> uh, by the way. Um, when your dad comes on the podcast on Wednesday, okay. we're going to talk to him about that 91 Giants team. 90. You keep 90. Listening. And right. I want I want him to, to kind of like, I want them to almost talk to the Eagles. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, okay. I want them to be like, this is possible. But I also, if it comes full circle and Nick Foles is the Hostetler to Wentz's yeah. Sims. Right. And the fact that you think that Sims, that Wentz plays like Sims. He does. Man, this world is, because this year... We love Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. We might see the crazy comeback Aaron Rodgers. We love Odell. Hurt. Like, every guy. The, I'm an Deshaun Eagles fan. Watson. Deshaun Watson. Every guy that we love, there's something happening. Ezekiel just Elliott. David Johnson. Man. All right, let's do some playoff pictures. And I want to start off in the NFC because it is packed and there's a lot of good teams. The Vikings, Rams, and Saints all lost this week and the Eagles won and it gave them a clear lead in the conference. They are one at eleven and two. Vikings are two at ten and three. The Rams are 
Saints and Panthers are all nine and four. The Falcons are eight and five. Seattle is eight and five, but Atlanta's in Seattle's not right now. And then you have that weird cluster of seven and six teams. Detroit, Green Bay, Dallas. They're all in trouble, man. What do you mean? They're all in trouble from this standpoint, even in Seattle at seven, because all those teams you just mentioned, including Seattle, have all lost head-to-head to Atlanta, and that's going to be a Shit. big problem. You're yeah. absolutely right. I know. People haven't really looked what at that. What is Atlanta's upcoming schedule? Atlanta, I know they still got the Panthers one more time. Uh, you want me to look it up, or you got it? Uh, I got it right okay. now. But that's interesting, because I was looking, and I think the most fascinating one that I have Bucks, my eye Saints, on. Saints, Panthers. Bucks, so Saints. they're not out of the woods. No, but those Saints teams, and Panthers, they, they need lose. all those teams need them to lose two out of their last three, and then they have to go perfect. Right. Uh, of those teams, Detroit, Green Bay, Dallas, and I, and I'm not going to say Arizona, but Detroit, Green Bay, and Dallas, and Seattle. Who do you have the most confident in? I mean, what if Aaron Rodgers comes back and does this? I, I mean, if he does, I just gosh, that's what I want. What do I do then? If Aaron Rodgers comes back and and wins out, I'm rooting for the Packers. I mean, unless if, the Eagles are there. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I hear you. I, I mean, if he comes, if they if he comes back and they get in the playoffs, then gosh, they got a chance. I mean, of course they do with him. But I think the team I have most confidence in there is probably Dallas still, out of the three. You're the most? I think so. And Zeke comes back next week. Yeah, not so he's the got 15th, one more week. 16th. Right. I just look at Dallas and go, okay, at least they still got a good old line. They still got Dak Prescott. They do got Des Bryant who can make a playoff schedule from time to time. Their D line is still something to be reckoned with. They play hard. They usually don't mess the game up themselves. Detroit, I just worry that they really have no defense. They have Their no last game. schedule, though, is really easy. Yeah, it is really easy. You're right. And then I just look at Green Bay, and, hey, they, they're making a do. I, they're hanging around. I yes. mean, if they can beat Carolina this week, then, sh- shit, I might change my tune and go, yes, let, let Aaron Rodgers play the last two weeks and see if he can get in. The Lions' last three games are Bears, Bengals, Packers. Bears, Bengals, Packers, yeah. They could win all three of those. They could lose all three, too. You're absolutely right. They are the Lions. Yes. In terms of those other teams, do you think Philadelphia will be a top-two seed and get a bye? I, I mean, I think yesterday's win almost locked it up for a top-two seed, right? Okay. I mean, in my eyes, it's, it's going to so take you guys basically having to lose two out of the last three right. for you not to be at least one or two seed. Yeah, because the Rams would have to. Yeah, right. We'd have to lose two or three, and then yeah. either the Rams, Saints, or Carolina would have to go 3-0. and Right. And the good thing is the Eagles have beaten the Rams and Carolina in yes. case it's a tie. Exactly right. Uh, who do you think gets the other bye? I think the other bye, I think, let's see, so Minnesota down the stretch here. I know, let's see, the Rams still got, what, the Cowboys and the Seahawks. Um, I just want to make sure Minnesota. I don't think. Vikings play the Bengals, the Packers, and the Bears. Holy yeah. shit. That, I, that's them. That's them. Yeah. And, you know, hey, plain and simple, they're one of the best teams in football. I, I don't agree. give a damn about the loss. Every time I have this conversation with right. people, they go, do you really think Case Keenum's going to get it done in the playoffs? Gosh. I, it's this. It's like what happened to Andy Dalton. Yeah. Andy Dalton could do whatever it is in the regular season, but they go, yeah, but wait until he chokes in the playoffs. Man, I just don't see it. We'll see. I, I mean, 
I don't think he's the type of guy that's going to choke. They got a team around him. The receivers are pretty good. When the O-line's healthy, their O-line got beat up yesterday. I mean, they, they literally got physically pushed around. I'm Keenum made Riley a lot of Reef plays. got carted off. I know. I'm, I'm interested to hear what the final status is there. Because that's been the strength of that team all year it has been that O-line. Yes, and especially, the, you know, I love those three interior guys. So them not having, you know, Elfline, elf am I saying his name right, Canvasser? F-line? F-line, right. Uh, you Elfline? Yeah, so yeah, but that was F-line, whatever. Uh, whatever, but regardless, Pat. them not having him yesterday, that was a big deal because they had to put Shrile, 75, at left guard, and he got his butt whooped. Really? And he was a big problem for, throughout the day. All right, so who, who, who do you think makes it? I, I honestly think the six teams you see in are right now and the NFC are the six team that's going to be in it. Philly, Minnesota getting buys. Yep. Rams, New Orleans, Carolina, Atlanta. Yeah. Who do you think wins the South? Carolina and New the Orleans Saints? don't play each other again. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Saints. The Saints the Saints only got Atlanta left, right, as far as one of their tough teams, I believe. Right. Uh, and and Carolina still has to play. I'm going to look. I'm, I'm all over the place. i got too many schedules in my head. Uh, Carolina's got Green Bay, Bucks, and Falcons. So, Green Bay, Bucks, and Falcons. I expect them to win this and week. And the Saints play the Jets, the Falcons, and the Bucks. The Jets, the Falcons, Damn, and the Bucks. Damn, they're all just... Ganging up on the Bucks. Yeah, they should be okay. I, I, yeah, I think all those teams make it, and I think the Saints will win the South. Let us now move to the AFC. Yeah, where wouldn't you know? Because the New England Patriots haven't played yet. That the Steelers are currently number one because they're eleven and two. I don't think there's any way that the Patriots lose to the Dolphins. Jacksonville is currently the three seed. is just a beautiful sight. The Chiefs under Matt Nagy's play calling seem to have figured out on offense. They're at four. The Titans are at five, and they are holding on for dear dear life as they're being chased by the Bills, the Ravens, and the Chargers. And the Raiders are still eligible yep. in my mind yep. to make. That. Uh, let's talk at the top. Uh, Steelers, New England. You think New England will end up with the number one seed here because they'll win next week? I do. I expect them to win next week. I just think Pittsburgh really matches up poorly with them. I think it's going to be a tough. Uh, it's a tough team for them to beat. Uh, and I expect Pittsburgh to lose that game. And then they got, I believe, the Texans and the Browns after that. So, they so they'll win, win out, and then they, they should get the number two seed. So you see New England at fourteen and two. I do, and you see the Steelers at thirteen and three. Yeah, I mean, if New England goes thirteen and three, it's because they don't play anybody the seventeenth, the game week seventeen against the Dolphins. Is there any chance that the Titans not catch Dolphins, the Jaguars the in the South? I don't think so, man. Talk, t- say what you said about. So it's funny. Greg Blankley just wrote, "Mariota isn't good, plain and simple." <laughs> Well, it's if you you, listen, ha, you have a gripe to pick with Mariota supporters that say certain stuff about Jameis Winston. I, I just get sick of the the constant. I mean, Mariota. If you've read anything I've said all year about the Tennessee Titans, or if you watch the show, or listen to the podcast, anything like that, I've said the one thing that really concerns me about the Titans is that when they have to put the ball into Mariota's hands and they can't run the ball, and he's got to win the game within the pocket. I don't think they can do it, and I still feel that way. I mean, we saw Pittsburgh game a few weeks ago, four interceptions. He threw two interceptions the week after that. Uh, then yesterday, the same type of thing. And I do get annoyed with the, what do I want to say, the theme that Jameis Winston is careless and doesn't take care of the football, but Marcus Mariota is stable and takes care of the football when 
he's second in football in interceptions behind Deshaun Kaiser. Hmm. So uh, I just think that, yeah, I don't trust him. I don't think the Tennessee Titans are going to get in the playoffs. I want to say this to you, and I I don't want you to get upset, but I want you to be ready for this. Okay. So someone just wrote, Benjamin Harris wrote, I want to see the Jags play the Pats. Yeah. I have had multiple people come up to me today and go, you know who I think might actually be tough for the Patriots? The Jaguars. Yeah, of course they did. Of course. Would they listen to episode 139 and 138 and 137, and now they're caught up and they're, hey, these Jaguars are good. What are you going to do when that's like the public notion that the Jaguars oh, are going to give them a... I, I'm going to love it. I'm also... Everybody can look forward to that is because I've been saying, right, that the Jaguars are one of the few teams in football <laughs> that can beat the Patriots. I've also said Blake Bortles is the 70th best quarterback in football, and everyone's going to think, oh, look, you were wrong. They won the Super Bowl with Blake Bortles. And I want to be like, no, they're so good, they can win the Super Bowl with the 70th best quarterback. Uh, Gabe, our camera operator, was asking you earlier, well, what do you say? Blake Bortles had like a lot of big passes. Yes, and I would say they were wide open, and he completed them, and that was really good. I'm no, really... but your thing was is de- defenses would never run that defense no, they, against the quarterback that, that's, they respect. That's the point. I mean, that's the point, and, they, and it even goes into like the Colts game last week or a few weeks ago when they played them. Blake Bortles gets to play against pass coverages that defenses would never Ever play against any other quarterback in football. I mean, there's just no other way to say it. He gets looks that nobody else gets because nobody really believes he can beat them, and they want to stop Leonard Fournette, and that's what they're worried about in yeah. the run game. And yesterday, they made some plays, and he threw the ball on the money, and I give him credit. But yeah, I still am uncomfortable with him. Damn, and this is why I love the people that consume our show, because right. they remember shit that I forget because I've done a lot of stuff in my mm-hmm. life that ruins my brain. Sean Bennett wrote, Sims, is leg- Sims legit said the Jaguars shouldn't do training camp with the Patriots because this could happen. You fucking said that before the year, that the Jaguars shouldn't do training camp in case they face you in the playoffs and they'll have a scouting report on you. Sean Bennett, thank you for bringing that up. I'm excited. Well, it, <laughs> I love the listeners of this podcast. you you got to think about Bill Belichick is obsessed with the football. And I promise you at some point in the offseason, he looked at film with Jacksonville and went, Holy shit, they're good. Let's, Let's call them, them up the and see camp. if we can get them in preseason so I can scout them out and get the game plan ready six months in advance. I mean, that's the kind of guy he is. That's honestly what I think went through his brain. Abdi Muhammad said, Lefko has no original ideas. He always agrees with Sims. That's not true. It's not true. Nope. Abdi, clearly you haven't been watching enough. Except when he takes one of my Lefko locks. Son of a bitch. <laughs> it backfires in my face. Uh, all right, so who are your six teams for the AFC? Okay, you know I like Jacksonville. And Jacksonville, like, let's just say this. we got to throw this out there. If Pittsburgh loses this week, okay, they lose, and they go to three losses, and then somehow they blew a game against the Texans or the Cleveland Browns, Jacksonville will become the number two seed because they've beaten Holy them head-to-head, head, right? They beat Pittsburgh 30-9. If nine. Jacksonville won out. Yeah, if Jacksonville won out, which I think that they would will be do. Fun. I like that. It would be. But now... Um, yeah, who are your six? So Pittsburgh, New England, Jacksonville. Yep. Who do you have winning the West? I am going to have the Chargers win the West. Wow. So they come from not in the playoffs to the four seed. Yep. And then who do you have as the two wild cards right now? I'm going to go Kansas City and Baltimore. Kansas City and Baltimore. So that means that Tennessee doesn't make it? No. That means that Buffalo doesn't make it? No. 
Man, so you have Pittsburgh, New England, Jacksonville, Chargers, Kansas City, Baltimore. Yes. That to me, those are the six best teams. That's what I want to see. Right. I I, I am all in, uh, in, in when it comes to NFL playoff football. I want to see the twelve best teams because then we're just we're canceling out the chances of bad Super Bowls Could, or, or, or bad or championship games. Do we need another Saturday? In the wild card playoffs, where I come to your house and I sit on the couch and we watch thirty to nothing Texans Chiefs or thirty to nothing <laughs> Texans Bengals. Sure, you can come over. Yes. Oh, thanks. <laughs> that was actually the reason I brought that segment up. Is I need that invite. Yeah. No, but I mean, it's always I know, and that's what I don't want to see that because someone gets in that right. shouldn't be in. That's I, I root for the best teams to be in it because I want to see the best quality football, and I don't know if we're going to get that if we get Buffalo and Tennessee at five and six. No, and I'm not just saying it just because I'm rooting for this to happen. I truly believe it. Tennessee down the stretch here, their last two games of the year are Rams and Jaguars. So that's that's shaky. They could lose two out of their last three. Buffalo. Buffalo still has to play the Patriots one more time. Yep. And oh, I don't think the Buffalo is even And they got the Dolphins f- twice. I, I don't even like factor them into this. No. Like, I know they're and in the, the Ravens, playoffs right now, but I don't think they're real. Yeah, the Buffalo is Miami, New England, Miami. Let me do some quick hits because now that we've got the playoff teams, I want to make sure we hit all the other teams. It's yeah. what we do well here. Mm-hmm. Detroit beats Tampa Bay 24-21. to Matt Stafford in the first half. I bet against them because his hand was hurt. Apparently not that bad. 20 of 24, 240 yards, one touchdown in the first half. He did throw two picks. Yeah. He's a baller dude he's he's I, a baller you know i just hope everybody really recognizes what we're seeing with him he's he's truly one of the most gifted quarterbacks that ever has been in the nfl cowboys they win 30 to 10 over the giants yeah. it actually was a very close game what did you think of the standing ovation for eli before the game yeah I, I mean hey it's nice he's a legend i get it and and it wasn't an easy week for eli certainly i get that too um but you know, I mean, you got Eli on the field, and he was there, and you got ten points. I don't know. Dallas what... still has that spark. Dallas is just—they compete and they yeah. play tough, and they believe that we're the Dallas Cowboys, and that we're you supposed to win. You said that when they had those jerseys, yeah. they're all blue jerseys. That teams in the '80s and '90s used to wear white just to make Dallas wear those jerseys because the Cowboys believe right. it's bad luck. Right? I'd never heard that before. Yeah, I'll shed some light for you. Bad yes. luck. Goes back to Super Bowl five when they lost to the Colts. 16 to 13. Yeah, you like that, Paul? 16 to 13. That's good. Uh, but yes, they wore those jerseys in that Super Bowl lost. But the cool thing about the blue jerseys, too, if you're listening, look at they wear different pants when they wear the blue jerseys. What do they wear? They wear a true silver pant, where when they wear the white jersey, it's a silver green tint. Totally different band. They have two different pants for each jersey. People don't realize Sims is. You're obsessed with jerseys. Well, I'm just you're obsessed, obsessed with, with football, like the clothing yes. though of of. Jerseys. I pay attention to it. Yeah, I do. Like you did not like the little pewter on the Tampa Bay when they added those no, things. No, I did not. I, and I like traditional uniforms. But even uh, the Cowboys a few years ago went up to New England. And with Tony Romo and played New England up there, and Belichick wore the white jerseys at home to make them wear the blue. He's such. If a you're an old school traditionalist, they people realize that. That is awesome. Yeah. Uh, the Broncos beat the Jets twenty three to nothing, and uh, Bryce Petty, in my mind, had one of the worst throws I'd ever seen. Fourth and five. Yeah. Uh, wide open. Jermaine Kersey threw it ten yards over his head. Uh, McCown's out for the year. Are we going to see Hackenberg in the NFL game? Holy shit, pinch me. That's going in the top monitor. We're watching that game. (laughs) Hackenberg, is it possible? I mean, are they going to trot this guy out? He's been the greatest hidden act they've had. Oh, wait till you see Hackenberg. He's behind the curtain. (laughs) 
You know, he's not ready for you yet, though. Unleash the Hackenberg. He's learning the offense. Wait until he's ready. It only takes seven years. <laughs> They're going to have to show us Hackenberg, right? I, I do think so. Because I mean, Petty ain't showing us shit. Well, it's over now. I love now. Petty. He's a great guy. It's over. They're five and eight, so they might as well see what they got in either one of these guys just to see if they want to keep him around as a possible backup or third stringer going forward. Niners win 26-16. to 16. Jimmy G. Jimmy G. G has won his first four career starts. You're so good looking. I have never sneezed on camera before. Oh, I like how you, that, da- you dabbed it, though. That was liberating. I did. I got a full dab. Uh, Garoppolo has won his first four career starts, two with New England last year, yeah. two with the Niners. Only four active quarterbacks have won their first four NFL starts. Only four? He is now the fourth. All right. Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, and Trevor Simeon. Oh, that's crazy. So he's one of those three. <laughs> but Jimmy G, and they're coming out to a boombox before every game. Have you seen this? No. They're coming out through the, the stand with a boombox, and the guy's walking next to Jimmy G with a huge boombox. This must be Kyle doing this. I love it. And they're walking out to the stadium with a boombox blaring. That, the that's funny hilarious. thing when I watch Jimmy G videos right. is, guys, take a look at this. When you're watching Jimmy G videos, people just walk up to him and touch him. It's like really freaking weird. Like they walk up to him, they're just like, hey. And they walk away. Hey, we haven't had a quarterback here. <laughs> Good to see you. Hey, what's up, Jimmy? Oh, wait, you're real. Yeah, but they're like amazed by it. He's like an offspring of the unicorn Tom Brady. I feel like part of the reason is because he came from the Patriots. I agree. Tom, and they're like, totally. what else does he have yeah. in his brain? Right. What did he learn from oh, Tom? Oh, my gosh. He ran out of the tunnel yesterday like Brady. Did you see him? With like the bounce. He led out the team and ran down and then yelled at the crowd. And I was like, holy crap. He's let's like a go. Con- yeah, let's go. Um, he looked great yesterday. He's a Again, natural, man. Just staying there under Clowney, who's like running at him and throwing a pat. Like, he had a few throws yesterday that were unbelievable. That were unbelievable. Two weeks in a row, really, he's had below average pass protection and makes a ton of plays, throwing the ball, moving in the pocket, got a quick release. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're a 49er fan, you got to feel good about Jimmy G. And I want to show a little bit of love to another rookie, or he's not a rookie quarterback, but in his first year with this team. Trubisky looked great against the Bengals. Yes. Like, really good. I mean, they put up over 200 yards of rushing, but he is a rookie, Trubisky, and he looked fantastic. Yeah, Trubisky is fantastic. I really think Trubisky's got a bright future. You know Lefko. I think he's a superstar in the making. Again, if you, I mean, if you haven't listened to us, there's no receiver on that football team that anybody gives a damn about. Most people in the Bleacher Report office can't name who the receivers are for the Chicago Bears. He's going to be a star. I really believe that. And then you said as the Packers were struggling to beat the Browns yesterday, this is how bad the Packers are without Aaron Rodgers. They can barely beat the Browns. Yes. I mean, they can hang in there with anybody and play tough, but they just can't put any teams away, make any plays. And and, and again, I'm not sitting here blaming Brett Hundley. He played well yesterday. Yeah. And Hundley's got ability. Like, Hundley has a future as well. He really does. I think he could be a top-of-the-line, top-ten-ish type quarterback. I really believe that he has that kind of ability. Abdi Muhammad is quickly becoming the troll of the comments section. What up, troll? He has started the debate that we've had on this podcast a million times, right. saying that Brady is better than Rodgers. Sure. And someone just asked him what the system... Someone said uh, there's a better system with Brady. He responded, explain to me what the system is. Can you explain that for him? Oh, well, I mean, the, the system that the New England Patriots run is... It's one of the most intricate, creative systems in all of football. Um, 
Um, literally, the Green Bay Packers are going, this is two, and this is plus, and this is two, and this equals four, and the Patriots are going the square root of 17,784 divided by pi equals whatever. It's just way more advanced, way more creative. Um, again, look at it this way. Just look at Brady. This is not an indictment on Brady. Like, I think Brady, Rodgers are better than Joe Montana all time. Not even close in my eyes. Montana was in a great system too. Brady is amazing, but look how many times the first guy he looks at is wide open and he throws it. He gets the shotgun snap. He looks at looks at uh, Rob Gronkowski, throws him the ball. You watch like Aaron Rodgers game with Green Bay. He looks at the first guy, nobody's open. He looks at the second guy. He goes, "Holy shit, he's covered. I'm about to get sacked. Let me run around and dodge seven people and then make a throw." You know. I don't know. Should I keep going here? Well, you were about to say something fire. This is what you do right before you okay. have your main point. Yes. My main point is there's nothing that Tom Brady does that Aaron Rodgers can't do. And if we vice versa that, I would go, there's a lot of things Aaron Rodgers can do that Tom Brady can't do. My mind, okay, and I know this is hard to do, but you put Aaron Rodgers on the New England Patriots, they've won seven Super Bowls. They're 7-0. and it wouldn't be fair, football. They might have more Super Bowls than that. He is, again, this is not a knock on Brady. Aaron Rodgers is the most physically gifted quarterback in the history of football. Can we all agree that Barry Sanders is better than Emmett Smith? Yes. Can we agree with that? Uh, easily. Okay. It's not even close. But the statistics. The statistics. But yeah. for some reason, when you watch NFL, I know I texted you this, sorry, you watch NFL Network or watch anything else, Everybody can agree that Barry Sanders is better than Emmitt Smith, yeah. even though statistics don't say it. He didn't win Super Bowls. But everybody, for some reason, in that discussion could go, well, Emmitt had a great O-line, and he had receivers, and a quarterback, and an awesome Hall of Fame head coach, and that's why he was awesome. And then we can all go, well, Barry Sanders had nothing. He had no O-line. He had never had a quarterback. He never had a good head coach. And he made it all happen himself. And we all agree that Barry Sanders is better than Emmitt Smith. Well, it's the same thing, but we can't do that at quarterback for some reason. I don't understand that. It's the intangibles of the position. Yes. Because I do think this. For Belichick's team to be run perfectly, mm-hmm. as we've said so many times, for a quarterback to be Tom Brady, yeah. who can take all of the yelling and all of the insults sure. and be the perfect leader and be very consistent, right. and his life is there, and he eats avocado ice cream, right. he is a Patriots coaching staff member at quarterback. Yes. He is lifeless right. in terms of all the outside stuff. It is God, family, football, and, and that order. No doubt. Rodgers... I don't know how Rodgers would acclimate to that. Would he be able to last there that long? Would he want to go somewhere else? But I could say the same thing to go with Brady and go, I don't know if he could acclimate in Green Bay and have to do it all himself. So it's where the system you're born into a little bit. That's part of it. I think it's a little bit of that, and I think it's also just the magic of those two guys together. It's it's hard to think of Belichick with somebody else right now. I I get it. It's hard to think of Brady with it. So they're so inseparable. I know. But I I do like your thing. If you put Brady on the pack, what happens? Yeah, I mean, he still would be awesome. I just, I'm just saying, just from that, I mean, you go through the checklist. There's, that's, I hate the com, like the whole conversation. Like, well, he's got the most rings. He's the greatest quarterback ever. I don't give a shit if Eli Manning wins four more Super Bowls and has six when it's all said and done. He's not better than John Elway or Dan Marino. 
Why? Because his team and his coach were better, so now he's better? That makes no sense. We let basketball influence our thought with this conversation because basketball, one player can win a game by themselves pretty much. I mean, we've seen LeBron basically carry his team there. I was at the lunch table today, and someone said, you think that Case Keenum versus Tom Brady, they have a chance? I said, they're playing one-on-one? They wouldn't have thought Eli Manning had a chance either against Tom Brady. But I think that's what the big theme of today's episode was, is that just because a team lost doesn't mean they go down the power rankings. Just because you won doesn't mean you're great. No. I want to give a shout-out to Carson Wentz. I hope you are feeling okay, uh, feel better. You've been incredible this season. It has been a joy to watch you, Eagles fans. Hold out hope. Hopefully they pull a 1990 New York Giants, yep. and Nick Foles pulls a Hostetler and carries them to the Super Bowl. Yep. Anything you'd like to say to, to close out? No, nothing else. I, I'm hurt. I'm still hurt by it. Me too. I really am. Me too. I was more hurt when my dad got hurt, and that happened. But I, I would, so. He is your dad. Uh, for Sims. Peace out, homies. Uh, Josh would say goodnight, everyone. <laughs> and the L-E-F-K-O-E man says peace out. We'll holler at you guys later. <laughs>